Hey, DJ, you ready for another great episode? Oh, yeah. I was going to say something clever, but I got nothing. So let's start the show. Yep. We're a couple of guys who like to watch movies, cinema nerds who made it our duty to make a show where we break down, discuss, and review. We're the men who watch movies. We're here to talk about the Batman movie and compare the movie to its different quality. Yeah, yeah, we we just saw the Batman. So how, how, uh, how did you like it overall? Oh, it was very good. You know, Robert Pattinson plays a very convincing Batman. He is a detective, mm-hmm. which we haven't seen in the movies. He's very grounded, but he has his uh, gravitas. He, he has does. the nature of the quality of Batman. He's he's a different Batman that we haven't seen before. I like his take. Um, the Riddler, I thought that he was very perfect. But... uh. Later, we're going to compare it to Jim Carrey and other Riddler yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big, big contrast. I mean, such a different character in those two movies. Uh, definitely nothing like each other. But yeah, I d- definitely did like the movie too. I think I think there was a... I was worried that it was going to be the same as like the Christopher Nolan movies. It looked very in that same universe, but it, it, I think it pushed it to the next level. It was a different enough to where it wasn't the same thing over and over again. But I do think that, you know, this is very... Good and it has the potential to make more movies. Yeah, I suppose if they're going to make more movies, well, I, wanna, I guess they yeah. could want to make more films. Yeah, I think there's definitely potential. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't know if we're. I don't want to get into spoilers on this episode, but uh, there's a there's like an ending, and it, it might tease some other villains in the future. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, yeah, so it leaves the door open definitely. So yeah. we'll see. I think. I mean, if the I think the Riddler. I mean, not the Riddler. The Joker, right, is getting a sequel. I believe he is. Yes. So I think if that's getting a sequel, this one's definitely going to get a sequel. Cause, I mean, it, it leaves the door open for that. So uh, I'm looking forward to you know what they have next. And it has an HBO Max special of the Penguin spinoff, Colin Farrell's own the Penguin spinoff. Oh, really? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it was. It's pretty good. You know. I hear that they're going to make it rated R because of the uh, gravitas and whatnot. Yeah, because I, was, I was really hoping that this one would be rated R, but I feel like it, it, it did a good job with what they had to deal with. They really don't want to make their other movies all rated R because they, because you know, kids and whatnot, and they just, you know, they yeah, want to make like, it. Uh, yeah, I feel like a kid shouldn't even seen this one, though. I feel like if they were going to push it into a dark area, they should have just gone all the way. Before we get further into the Batman, I don't know if with trailers that you saw in the theater that you were at but i saw a, a trailer for the movie and i've heard about it for a bit it was nicholas cage i don't know if you've seen that trailer with the nicholas cage movie oh <laughs> it was weird it was well it, it's been nicholas cage playing himself oh I, I saw that one with my dad one time <laughs> oh my that was funny no yeah that caught I mean, my eye but i, I heard about it and it sounded kind of you know nicholas cage movies are very hit and miss especially nowadays but uh you know Nothing like his heyday with Con Air. The Con Air was, you know, that was one of my favorite movies. Well, you know, John, John Malkovich and his bald What's head, you know, <laughs> you know, he he's very convincing. Yeah, Con Air is like the epitome of Nick Cage for me. I don't know why. But, uh, but yeah, this movie looked interesting. He's, he's kind of playing a hyper-realistic version of himself. And then uh, Pedro Pascal, who played the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. He plays like a, this villain in the movie. It's, yeah, it's very interesting think that it might be a really good movie it just say i just think that you know yeah you know I, i'm more <laughs> a fan of comedy movies and more fan of drama yeah. movies but you know back, back up to the batman point you know it's very good you know i thought that the riddler was very grounded he's based <laughs> off the zodiac killer they're making more it's fresh it's oh, new yeah. I, like it's how you, I like how you slickly took the topic off of nick cage but they always have <laughs> a grounded riddler this this riddler is very grounded oh, yeah, and he's that, based off the real life Zodiac killer and yes, exactly. Yeah, I was yeah, that's that's one point I was going to bring up. Um, I feel like it was really on the nose with the Zodiac killer references, but I, I didn't mind it too much, especially with that thing he had the cipher with like the different clues that was taken directly out of like the Zodiac killing. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that. It's this guy. He uh, he would kill people and leave like, these clues behind, and he would uh, post stuff in the papers, and then the cops would have to try and you know, figure out what he was saying. And uh, he actually has never been caught to this day. Uh, people have ideas who they think he might be, but yeah, it's this whole thing. Go, go look it up and you know, read a book. But uh, yeah, they took a lot of that inspiration from that real life uh, 
killings and they put it in the character of the Riddler. And I think I think they did a really good job grounding it because, you know, the last Riddler that we saw in live action, you know, was the infamous uh, Jim Carrey portrayal. You know? Oh, yes. It, he, he was always fantastic. You know, very, you know. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong. Yeah. He was you know, out there, you know, very, you know, comical, very high energy, very, you know. Yeah. Very different from this movie. But uh, various laughter, stuff like that. He, you can never go wrong with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. I rewatched Batman Forever. So goofy. But yeah, it's a good for a laugh, you know. I mean, exactly. The, the movie starts off with a big, like, joke with, you know, Batman getting ready, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, it looks very serious and dark, and then all of a sudden, uh, what is it, Alfred? He's like, oh, you know, did you want to make me a? Did you want me to make you a sandwich, sir? And he's like, I'll get drive through. Like, what? What? It's Val Kilmer, and he's so funny. He's he's Batman. <laughs> Started off good, and then and then all of a sudden they start with like a joke, and and it just gets worse from there. But it's it's it, it's fun to watch. Yeah. My favorite guy is the the one guy. He's like a he's like a guard at the um, at the bank or something. And they, remember, yes. they were trying to steal money from a vault, or yes. and they trick Batman into going in the vault. It's like a trap, and it closes behind him. And there's that goofy guard. Oh no! It's boiling acid. Like what? <laughs> uh, that was just it's just totally like a cartoon. At that yeah, point. Was like, which I feel like even the Batman cartoons weren't even that goofy. I don't think there's been really. Like a Riddler, where people could say, like, this is the definitive Riddler. I mean, I think Frank Gorshin, he kind of really set the standard. Uh, but in the original, in the, you know, the 60s Batman, you know, he was very silly, the Riddler. Goofy, so that is, you know, it was all lighthearted. It was campy. That was the appeal. Everyone liked it. And now, you know, everyone's trying to make a move away from that. And for a while, they went back to it when, we, you know, again, back to the Jim Carrey Riddler. It went very campy again. Very campy, and, then, and it was you know, very funny and very yeah. But now I think... Good. I think which is getting more and more grounded, which is great. Yep. Um, and not to stay off topic, but um, the Andy Circus Alfred, he was very good. Yeah, I actually ended up liking him a lot. I wasn't sure about him. Uh, I don't know. I think, of course, Michael, what was it? Michael Caine? No, well, Michael Caine did a really Michael good job. Go? And Michael Go, yeah. I think Michael Go, I think I pronounce it, Goff or Go or Go? something like that. Yeah. I think he, he's my like definitive Alfred. I think oh, he's he, fantastic. he has like that, that very... The British voice. British, yeah, the British like butler voice. Like when I think of Alfred, I think of him. Not to get any more, and not to get into the spoilers, but I do think that Colin Farrell's Penguin is very, very good. Although I do think he sounds like Edward G. Robinson a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, because I, I, I guess they wanted him more different. Like he, he was so different. But I heard in an interview that he wanted to have a, he wanted to smoke a cigar. I don't know what happened, but I oh, guess yeah. the people didn't want him to do that, so I guess... Yeah, I don't know. Hollywood's very scared about putting cigars in movies, trying to make it look cool, but I don't think anyone would like to look like the Penguin, so I think they should have been fine there. I don't know. I still think he should have wore a top hat. <laughs> yeah, maybe in, maybe when they bring him around again. He's, uh, what I like about these movies, they didn't kill anyone off. They're all still alive. They're all in prison, you know. Um, Riddler's in prison, and then that unnamed villain that I'm not going to say in the that's in the later part of the movie is in prison. And oh, I won't say it. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no spoilers here yet. No spoilers. Um, we'll talk about it later, maybe when uh, when, when after the movie's been out for a while. Yep. And then, uh, and of course, Penguin's still you know farting around. Yeah. So he's uh, so they're still they're building up this universe where there's going to be all these villains. So it's kind of exciting. And like they, a rogue gallery. They might, yeah, exactly. Like the comic books. You know, I hated uh, old school comic book movies that they would get a villain and then they would kill him off. I remember Stanley talking about how like you know we never you know they never did that in the comic books because they if they killed off all their villains they would have no one for the the hero to fight. So I like I like that they're starting to. Yeah, do Yeah, it's this. very grounded, very yeah. rooted. I think that when they made a Batman movie like this, it was very new. Fresh, very original, very um, different. You know, this Batman is like a detective, like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that's one thing I think they did really good. They they would touch on hints of that, the, the detective stuff in other movies. But I think they really, he's definitely becoming more of a detective in these movies. Not to get off topic, but actually, uh, Robert Pattinson, who was on Twilight uh, for some time ago, now he is no longer Twilight Boy. He is Batman. <laughs> We got him as Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. I definitely had hesitations when I first saw it, but then I was thinking, you know, he's he's done a lot of good work lately. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen that movie, uh, Lighthouse with, uh, I probably have. Defoe. I probably have. Uh, I saw it. It was, it was interesting. It was very, uh, artsy movie. Uh, it's not for everybody. Uh, but, uh, he did a great job in that. And I feel like once I saw that, I was like, okay, he's going to be a great Batman. He's, he, he can pull it off. 
So how would you how would you overall uh, rate Dano's performance though? Like what like let's break it down. Like what 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 did you like about it? Uh, it was very grounded. It was very uh-huh. serious. I can see why they got him to look like the Zodiac Killer, but not really. But they referenced it a lot, a yeah. little bit. But yeah, I was, I was hesit- the only thing I was hesitant about the Riddler was that weird like gimp mask that he wears. Like, what? It was kind of weird. It was like a winter mask. It was a weird. Yeah, it's actually like a yeah. The real. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, you can actually buy it online, and it's actually sold out. A lot of weirdos are buying it up, but it's a uh, it's like a military like uh, cold winter mask you could buy. Although that John Trevor was in the movie, and I, I I do think that he was a very good villain, but I do think that. He had a little bit of a didn't have too much screen time. I still wish he had more screen time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totoro, yeah, he was yeah. Who was he? He played um uh, Maroni. Maroni. Okay, I get confused. He's Maroni, Falcone. Falcone. This is some of these Onis, Macaroni. <laughs> I think we had uh, Riceroni, and, and you know all the different Onis. They're coming. Yeah. They're, they're basically screwing up the city, and yeah, it's just a mess. This stuff like that. This uh, yeah. So back to Dano. Yeah, he, Dano. Not to get off topic, but back to Dano. Uh, I, I I enjoyed him in some other movies. I don't know if you've seen Swiss Army Man with. Uh, I think I have. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> was he the Swiss Army knife, or was he just the guy who just pulled off the it, stuff? It's this weird ass movie. Okay, it has Jan- Daniel Radcliffe. Now, not to get off topic, but he's Daniel Radcliffe. He's, he's playing Weird Al. I'm kind of excited about that, but we'll talk about more of that later. <laughs> I don't want to get into that now. Not not to get off topic, but uh, so yeah, he was in uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano were in a movie called Swiss Army Man. Where uh, Paul Dano finds, I think, Daniel Radcliffe's... It's not supposed to be, you know, obviously, he's not playing Daniel Radcliffe, but he's playing a character. Uh, but he finds Daniel Radcliffe's corpse on an island. And he finds out that he's able to use his dead body as different tools. And it's weird. Like, he, he could he could use his farts to, to ride around in the water. And <laughs> I don't know. It's just... He's, he's, he's using him as an axe to chop down trees. It's, it's just the weirdest movie. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that movie, but... Okay, not to get off topic, but yeah, I've seen him in movies like that. I've seen Paul Dano in movies like that. I've seen him in, uh, of course, I think he's in There Will Be Blood, right? Yes. Excellent movie. And then there was a uh, movie that I saw him in. I can't remember the name. I think it had Hugh Jackman in it. Darn, it's such a good movie too, but he gets his... The Surfer movie? The No, it's like like a movie where he gets... The Prisoner? Movie? Yeah, I think. I think it's called The Prisoner. He gets the shit beat out of him. I feel bad for him. Like he's... I think they think he's involved in like stuff kidnapping or somebody. Or like, I, don't stuff. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, maybe he was. Yeah, I kind of. But something happened in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm being so descriptive, but uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to figure it out. We'll figure it out later. We need to get a, a producer on the boards here so they can look up stuff for us. You know. But uh, for now, I'll, I'll maybe on, an, on another episode I'll elaborate on that movie more. But he was so good in that. I remember he he got the shit beat out of him and he was bleeding everywhere. Maybe he's always a good actor and he's in that movie Love and Mercy. Yep. Where he plays um, one of the Beach Boys, right? Uh, Brian, oh, yeah. Brian yeah, Wilson yeah, or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yes. He was one of the Beach Boys. And, of course, you know, yeah, you know, Paul Dano was a very good actor. Yeah, he's such a wide range of uh, ability. So, I had no doubts about him. And I think, yeah, he, he definitely he definitely outdid himself with the with the role of the Riddler. It's one of those roles where they he said that he had a hard time sleeping. I don't know if that's true but or if it's just to make it seem more mystical. But, yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, overall – but Batman with Robert Pattinson, I give it two thumbs up. Two three, thumbs I, up. I would give it three if I had another hand. Welcome to the St. Patrick's Day special. I understand that you're all gonna, you know, watch St. Patrick's Day movies, drink some beer, have some cookies, have some fun. Uh, watch some St. Patrick's Day movies because no, I ain't gonna spoil it for you. But I saw this, you know, uh, this movie that's really going to blow your minds away. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of our favorite St. Patrick's Day movies. We're going to uh we're going to break those down for you. Uh but first, let's talk a little bit about St. Patrick's Day. Uh do you know anything about it? It's one of those holidays that I don't know. It, I, I know it's about a guy named St. Patrick, but uh didn't he drive like, drive the snakes out of Ireland or something? I believe he did. He drove the snakes away with his lately, his cane or something like that. I, I believe see. that it's stuff like that. You know, it's historical stuff like that. But uh, I do remember, not to get off topic, no, but I remember... Not to get off topic, yeah. But I remember that there was this episode on The Simpsons about Whacking Day, uh, and I yeah. think that there's a reference to that. So I believe that that was super funny, and it had Barry White in there, so... Yes, yeah, I remember that episode. That was funny. I, I love it. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, for me, though, St. Patrick's Day, yeah, like you said, it's about beer. It's yeah. about overly salty meats yeah. and about cabbage and good times. So uh, let's, let's leave it at that. What is a movie that you watch during St. Patrick's Day? I saw Leprechaun. Leprechaun. <laughs> and it is like the... I don't want to say it's horror. It's a horror movie, but it, it's it's little it has a little bit of comedy. I didn't know it at the first time, so I'm just like you know, hey, I'll I'll, I'll see this movie, and I'm like, there's a lot of holy, holy, <laughs> holy cow moments. Oh, definitely, yes. Uh, very interesting. Okay, let's set the backdrop here. So it's it's basically about this guy who comes back from a trip from Ireland, and he steals some gold coins, and uh, he pisses off a little leprechaun man and he he just unleashes this 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 tiny evil it's it's very amusing uh i think we think of the leprechaun in that movie as the villain but i really think he's he's kind of the victim right <laughs> because he got his shit stolen and he wants it back what, what's what's wrong with that yeah you know i i agree with you i uh i think that the <laughs> leprechaun is you know he's not a bad guy he someone sold his gold and he wants his gold back so i believe you know hey you yeah know. exactly Look at the Irish. Yeah, I think he's the victim of the story. This movie is awesome. I give it two thumbs up. Um, yeah, it's not typically what you think of as like a great horror film, but I think it's just amusing. I think it's it's very entertaining. Um, he, he's not particularly scary. I mean, the, the makeup is great. Uh, Warwick Davis, he's the actor who plays him, right? Oh, yeah. He, he was from Star Wars. I believe he played one of the Ewoks. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he was from Harry Potter. Was not he, to get off topic. Yeah, not, not to get too off topic here. But uh, he was also in Willow, right? Willow? Yeah. I yes. think he was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe so. Um, the makeup was definitely great. Uh, but he's not particularly a scary villain uh, or a scary horror villain. Uh, his powers are kind of interesting. He, he has, like, some kind of telekinesis. Although, um, when... That douchebag stole his gold. He kind of lost his powers, so he didn't have. We didn't really see too much of his full, full-on, you know, leprechaun abilities. But I know. I know he used some some kind of weird green ray to close the door, and he was able to like move things around with his mind. He was also able to change his voice. Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of those uh, the trolls from Ernest Scared Stupid, where like uh, he would he would shift his voice into something else to to trick people. And he, he did a lot of biting. He, he, he bit people in the movie. Um, but he was mostly like brute force. And he, his, kills, his kills were pretty, kind of, they varied in quality. But my, one of my favorite kills, I think you know which one I'm talking about. What, uh, do you remember the kill that I'm thinking of? The, the leprechaun that puts the, the wipe down the stairs? Well, there's, that? there's that one. But remember, remember he was riding on something? Oh, yeah, like a car? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, what was that about? Where did he where did he get that? Because okay, so there's like this scene where it was like I think it was towards the end of the movie where the uh where the characters are are battling the leprechaun. And he goes inside of this barn, right? And he grabs this 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 car. I don't know, it's like a what what is it? It's some kind of Irish mobile. <laughs> I, I have no idea. You know, I guess if that's Irish, what you I want guess. to call it. Uh, but it, yeah, it's like um I mean, a go-kart. It's like a go-kart that he pulls out of I, who knows where. And he starts riding around on it. I mean, it's, it's very unscary. Um, not very terrifying, but it's very amusing. Very amusing. Uh, the kill I'm thinking about, though, is the pogo stick kill. Oh, yes. The I think pogo that, was, stick. that was my favorite pogo kill stick. of the movie. Yes, yes. I, 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 I thought that was really, really <laughs> different. I'm not sure if that's the appropriate word to say that, but I just say it was very it different. Was, it was different. It was, I don't know. I think that was the funniest kill for me of the of the movie. Um, but yeah, the scene that I really liked too is uh, at the end. I know, spoiler alert, I know this movie's been out since what, 1994, 1992, or whatever. 1992 or 1993, um, But uh, they kill him in the end. Uh, I mean, of course, he comes back. There's like a multitude of sequels, but apparently, uh, this little guy's only weakness is a four leaf clover. The guy who plays Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I can't remember his name right now, but he uh, earlier in the movie he had swallowed one of the gold coins by accident, like an idiot. And uh, now the leprechaun, he's seeking uh, 100 uh, gold coins. And uh, so he has 99 of them at this point. And the 100th one is in his stomach. And so now he's going to try and get back the, the 100th gold coin out of this guy's stomach. But his brother, he's like, fuck that. I'm going to kill this little bastard. And so he, uh, he gets a slingshot 
uh, and he he grabs the four leaf clover. Now earlier in the movie, there's like a gag where he's messing around with the slingshot and he's you know pulling pranks and whatnot. And so there's a uh, it comes kind of full circle at this point uh, as a callback uh, to that earlier moment. He gets the four leaf clover and the slingshot and he shoots it into the leprechaun's mouth. And and he starts melting like the guy from RoboCop, and he he falls down the well, and it looks great. It's like this a puppet that they use, like melting, you know, leprechaunness, uh, melting into a puddle of goo, and and then uh, you know, and then uh, finally they end up shoving him down the the well, and I think they blow it up, right? They they end up blowing up the well, and that's the last you see of the leprechaun. Yeah, they uh, they blow up the well. Um, yeah, I just like the fact that you know this is a fresh different movie that I saw. I mean, we're in this era, of course, this new year, of course, where we want to see new movies and stuff like that that we have not seen in a while, but we want to educate our brains and we want to, you know, (laughs) just know stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Leprechaun is definitely definitely the movie to educate your brain with. And of course, there's a multitude of sequels, which I, I haven't seen yet. Uh, there's, I think there's Leprechaun 2, 3, there's Leprechaun in the Hood. Leprechaun 2, Back to the Hood. And I think there's one, uh, I believe there's one where he's in space, which, what is what is the deal with that? There's there's a lot of, like, horror movies in space, right? There's, isn't there, like, Jason in space? Oh, yes, uh, Jason X. Jason X, there you go. Yeah, that, that, that that's pretty weird, but, I, I mean, you know, when, when people make movies like that, I mean, it's always good to take in a positive direction, you know. Uh-huh. If I'm going to watch the movie, I'll say, what the hey. Another movie that I want to bring up uh, that I think is a good St. Patrick's Day movie, The Boondock Saints. So let's talk a little bit about that. What, what is it about? Oh, well, it's about these two Good Samaritan men that are... They're brothers, right? Oh, yes. They're brothers, and of course, they're seeking out justice and all that stuff. And of course, you know, What's maybe... better than that? Maybe they don't want... Maybe the other people don't like it, but I heard that, you know, hey, they're doing some justice and stuff like that. So, hey, I mean, you know... Um, exactly. Yeah. So uh, basically, they um, they get into you know trouble with the Russian mob mafia, right? Or the Russians, right? Oh yes, they they get in trouble with the Russian mob and stuff like that. And um, you know, I mean, it, it just I don't want to give any spoilers out, but it's just you know, it's yeah, I think the all around. It's all around. You know, uh-huh. it's all around gritty, just like a Frank Frank Miller comic book graphic novel, I should say. Because it, it's, yeah, it's almost like that, it. That's one thing that's interesting about this movie. It reminds me very much of like a comic book origin. Because uh, these two guys, you know, they get they get in a tussle with the the Russian the Russian mob, and uh, they end up killing these two guys in an alley. Right? They get in a bar fight because um, they're um, they're at like this local Irish pub. It takes place in Boston, right? It was in Boston. Yes, it's a Boston pub. And then there's a lot of mob activity going around in, in this area, and uh, these two Russian guys they come starting trouble. And then they uh, they get in a fight with them, and then they beat them up. And then the guys, the two Russian guys, come to kill the brothers. And then they ended up uh, murdering these Russian dudes. And they kind of get like this idea: Hey, you know, maybe we can be the guys who take out all the scum in the city. It reminds me a lot of like a Punisher kind of origin story, although they didn't lose their family members. Exactly. One of my favorite uh, characters in the movie is Willem Dafoe. Uh, exactly, you know, Willem Dafoe, he's a detective, and yeah. he listens to opera, which makes him, which begs the question, why is he listening to music when he's investigating, but I think it helps him with the job. Yeah, I think, go ahead. It puts him in the mood of stuff like that, but anyway. Exactly. Yeah, I think it, it helps him, you know, get his thoughts together. He's very uh, analytical. <laughs> One scene that it's like, uh, definitely memorable <laughs> is when uh, Willem Dafoe, even though he's he's investigating these guys, um, he finds sympathy in them because he realizes after a while that they are killing bad guys. And he has this kind of like moment of... Uh, moment of clarity. Yeah, because he's questioning whether he should like apprehend them or you know help them. And he actually goes to this priest and he ends up deciding that he's going to help them out. And uh, he realizes uh, at some point in the movie they're in trouble, right? Because they go to this... Uh, they're going to go kill these guys... And uh, they end up getting captured. And so Willem Dafoe decides to go save them. <laughs> and he dresses as a woman. It's very, very, uh, very good scene. <laughs> like, I think he pulled it off very well. He has he looks better as a woman than, than he has any right to, which is weird. Although I think it's odd that they... that uh, Okay, because he goes to this house and then there's these Italian mobsters, right? And yep. 
And somehow this these Italian mobsters believe that he's a woman, which I don't know how. It just looks like the Green Goblin in a dress with some makeup on. Yeah, somewhat that. You know, I thought it was very weird, but and hey, then, you know, it, he, it works. It works. Yeah, and so he pretends to be like this this woman sent over to you know get, show him a good time, basically. <laughs> and so the guy he actually believes it. And he lets he lets him in the house, and then they're about to do things, and then the only reason he finds out is because his wig falls off. I thought that was hilarious. I laughed out loud at that scene. So did I. I mean, I, I, I was, you know, surprised about that, but, but he was, hey, you yeah, know. He was badass, though. He went in guns a-blazing, and then he, uh, and he helped the brothers out. And then, and then there's a twist in the movie, right? Because the, the guy that's sent, you know, to kill, they think you, that you think is going to kill these brothers, it turns out it actually, is, it, is that their dad? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, it's their, it's their dad. Spoiler alert. I, I know this movie's, you know. When did this movie come out? It came out in 1999. Oh, really? I was only nine years old. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, that it turns out this infamous uh, hitman they've been pumping up the throughout the movie is their father, and then he actually teams up with them, and they take down the big uh, uh, Italian mobster at the end in an epic scene in the courtroom. Yeah, and they I love that it, scene. Very, very, very violent. So yeah. I recommend it. Um, that's good, you know. Hey, oh, yeah. uh, this is not children's movie, by the way. This is very hard R, very rated R. So oh, yeah. I, I, when I say this, I Definitely. mean, you know, this, yeah, you know this, don't let children see this movie. This is bloody. There's some bloody. good. There's some good. There's some good uh, squibs in there, by the way. I love the. I love the blood effects. Um, some nudity in there. Some uh, uncomfortable curse words. So a lot of times they they drop a lot of racial slurs and things. I I didn't think that uh, was necessary, but uh, I mean these aren't good people, so uh, I think that explains that. But and then and then Ron Jeremy pops up in it, which is kind of awkward. Oh yeah, he I, yeah I, he I pops up. Yeah, when I first saw it, I didn't expect him to be in it, and it was kind of like you, uh, yuck. <laughs> but he got blown away uh, when he went to that uh, gentleman's club and. Uh, and then they went to assassinate him, and that I, that was like one of the best moments of the movie when he just he just went down in a hail of bullets. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was like um, it was like something of like a James Bond movie. It was something of like a cowboy stuff. But yeah, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like Pulp Fiction meets Punisher. Exactly. And it was Very yeah, I think like that, it. that's a it's an interesting mix. It's because it's 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 like this weird gray area for these characters because they're not. They're doing these, you know, acts which are murder, and but it, they're murdering bad guys, and it, that's a sentiment throughout the movie. And even the movie ends with uh, the moral dilemma of like, you know, are these guys good or bad? And they, you see them interviewing people. Remember at the end? Yes, and they're 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 interviewing people, and the more that they interview them, the more they're like, hey, these guys are doing some great. Yeah, some some people are like, yeah, the guys, this guys are great. They need to go out and kill these guys, and then other people are like, no, you know, this is this is bad. You know, I'm I'm afraid to walk the streets, and so it's a very mixed reaction. It's almost like real life. People are very polarized by the situation. Yeah, you know, pretty much it's like a mixed variation of different movies. But uh-huh. I would highly recommend this movie. So when you watch it, you'll know my reaction. Oh, yeah. I give it two thumbs up, so... Definitely. Please um, watch it. Yeah, there's a lot of movies. Um, not all of them uh, seem that interesting to me. I mean, a lot of times uh, the Oscars gets uh, criticized for picking like boring movies. Best Picture. Uh, we have uh, Don't Look Up was nominated. Uh, have you seen Don't Look Up? No, I, uh, um, I don't think I have. Is it a new one or is it recent? Yeah, it has. Uh, it's it's a well, it's from last year. Uh, but it has. Uh, what's her face from uh, the Hunger Games? Oh, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence, and then it has. Uh, I'm drawing. My, I don't know. I'm having a total brain fart today. What's the guy? Uh, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. My brain is fried. Uh, we're we're doing this kind of early today. Yeah. Yeah, so Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> and basically, it's a story about these scientists, they're, they're astronomers, and they discover that this uh, meteor is going to hit Earth, and it's going to be a world-ending disaster. And so they go to warn the government, they go to warn everybody, but they're not taking it seriously. And uh, it's supposed to be a uh, a commentary on global warming, how people aren't believing that it's real and it's not going to affect anybody. And I feel like it was really, it was too on the nose about the commentary 
And I feel like it, uh, all the characters are really cartoonish. I did not like it. I don't know why it's nominated for Best Picture. The way it's filmed, it reminds me of one of those movies. Have you heard of those movies where, uh, I think there's two of them. There's like, it's, there's one called Valentine's Day and there's one called like New Year's Eve or something. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I heard of that. No, they're like rom coms or something. Yeah, they're like, like, like but they're, they're they're filled with like a bunch of actors. Uh, it's basically just for uh, you know just to fill them up with you know just for actors' sake, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah uh, it's awesome. This this is what that reminds me of. It's filled with a bunch of actors. It has like Jonah Hill. It has uh, I don't know. Sorry, I'm drawing him blank here. Yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep as the president, uh, and it has Ariana Grande. She plays a pop star, and it just filled with a bunch of cameos for some reason and. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed it doesn't seem like best best picture material. And I think a lot of people agree. I, I've heard online. I definitely a miss for me. Uh, Dune. Dune. That was a good one. What did you think yep. of Dune? Oh, it, it was very good. You know, I think it was like a three hour movie or it seemed like it. But yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was very, very good. Um, Yeah, it, it won for best picture. So yeah. You well, know, I mean, we, we don't know that yet, but actually I, I hope it does win for best picture. I hope uh, yeah, it, it was it was very good. It's it can it's a little confusing if you haven't read the books uh, or seen the previous movie, the first iteration uh, with um, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart and I forget the was it Kyle Kyle McLaughlin or something like that. I think it was. Yeah, uh, definitely very visually striking. Would you agree? Oh yes, uh, very very um, very good. Yeah, and then uh, another one I've seen was uh, the Power of the Dog. Uh, have you heard of that? I don't think I've seen it, but I I I've heard about it. Yeah, so it has uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Oh yes, uh, yeah, of yeah, course he plays yeah. Doctor Strange. Yeah, Marvel uh, Universe. Yeah, and it has Kirsten Dunst in it. Oh yeah, from the Spider Man, from the Sam Raimi version of Spider Man. Of course, my favorite. Uh, I know this movie had a lot of. Uh, buzz about it going around because it was catching a lot of flack because people said it was boring and it was in a good Western movie. I know, uh, Sam Elliott, he made yep. a commentary about it. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. He, uh, he liked it or no, was it? no, he said it was a piece of shit. Yeah. That is one big pile of shit. Uh, no, but actually I, I, I watched it with the intent of, of ragging on it. Like I thought it was going to be bad and a boring movie, but actually it was pretty good. Um, I liked it. The acting was great. It was, uh, it was, it was another cinematically stunning movie, a total opposite of Dune. It, you know, of course it's very, it's not special effects heavy at all. I mean, there's no special effects really. Um, at least none that I noticed. And, but it's, you know, it's a very uh, interesting story. Uh, Benedict Cumberpatch plays like this, this, you know, he's like a rancher. He's a big asshole. And, uh, his, his brother is actually, uh, in real life, uh, the guy who plays his brother is Kirsten Dunst's, uh, husband. Oh. Yeah. And, um, and so the, his brother ends up falling in love with Kirsten Dunst and he resents that. And, uh, so he ends up, uh, basically mentally torturing Kirsten Dunst and her son, who he thinks is, you know, he's very feminine. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, commentary about like toxic people. And it was, it, I think it was done really well. And there's some revelations about the character that pop up later in the movie. I'm, like I said, I'm not going to go into detail. I don't want to spoil anything, but it, I think it's really good. And then also uh, West Side Story I saw. I mean, it's, it's pretty decent for a remake. I mean, of course, the original is a classic, but uh, I feel like they did an okay job. I wouldn't mind if Dune won as well. I think Dune was just oh yeah yeah Dune should amazing. win. You know, it's very 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 good. Although I do hope uh, Will Smith wins for King Richard. You know, I hope he does. He's a very 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 good actor. Like I said, I haven't seen it, but I mean, I, yeah, he's he's a great actor. I mean, he's uh, he hasn't always had hits, but uh, it's always definitely fun to watch him, no matter what it is. Uh, Andrew Garfield is oh, yeah. the best actor. Oh yes, uh, he was in the movie Tick Tick Boom. Uh, I would. I know you have you said you haven't seen that, right? No, I don't think I have seen Tick Tick Boom. It's gonna win the Academy Award. I really hope so. I um I think if either Will Smith or Andrew Garfield would win, I would be pleased. One week later. Hey DJ, did you hear what happened at the Oscars? Oh yeah, there was some crazy stuff, some holy moly stuff. Yeah, I can't believe that Will Smith hit Chris Rock. Why did he do it? Well, it's because Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife. What did he say? Well, see, Chris Rock made a joke that Jada looked like G.I. Jane. And, my wife's oh, oh shit. name out your fucking mouth! Where the hell did Will Smith come from? He's gonna hit us. Run! 
And of course, the main uh, main focus of uh, the night that everyone's talking about, Will Smith. He won Best Actor for King Richard. Oh, and then there was something about him assaulting Chris Rock, but uh, no one's talking about that, right? All right, so let's move, let's moving on, moving on. Spoof movies. I thought that's a great topic for our uh, April Fool's Day episode, right? Yep, it's a great title. It's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's there's so many uh, spoof movies, parody movies. I mean, uh, the list can go on and on and on. Um, so what is what when uh, when I say spoof movie, what comes to mind? Uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> yes, that's an excellent, excellent spoof movie. Of course, uh, the great Mel Brooks uh, parodying Star Wars and other you know sci-fi movies, but ma- mainly Star Wars. Um, what do you like about that one? Oh, that um, President Scrooge is actually Brooks <laughs> spelled backwards. So I'm like, hey, uh, that's good. <laughs> that's that's true. I never thought about that. Yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, what else did you like about that movie? Uh, I like the fact that, you know, um, uh, Rick Moranis is like a dark helmet and he does an impression of James Earl Jones, which I thought was really, really, really funny. Although I didn't know who was actually going to play dark helmet. I assumed it was going to be someone else. But of course, it's the awesome Rick Moranis. Of course. I love that reveal when... uh you know, he comes out and he opens that mask. I can't breathe in this thing. And, it, it, you know, of course, he's, you know, he's he just looks so goofy. And I think that, you know, of course, that's why they picked him, because he's he's so unimposing, you know, playing this uh, this benevolent leader. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely a great pick for that role. I think everything about that movie is just it's just perfect. I mean, of course, you have uh, John Candy playing. Uh, what's his name? Barf. Barf. Yep. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the great John Candy. And then uh, you have uh, Daphne Zunita, Zuniga, Daphne Zunica. Zunica, yes. And then she plays who? Princess Vespa. Vespa. I love the names that they pick. It's just it's just funny. It just adds that little touch of hilarity to it, you know, because uh, it, it sounds like it could be a sci-fi name, but it's but it's you know it's obviously the name of a, a motorized <laughs> scooter. And then of course you have Mel Brooks again playing yogurt, the spoof of Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was hilarious. I love yogurt. Um, of course, there's a lot of yogurt puns in there. Um, the little gold, the little golden man who, who gives wisdom. Uh, and of course, starring in the movie. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like it's it's more of an ensemble cast, but the one of the main the main stars of the movie is uh, Bill Pullman, who plays Lone Star. I like how they parody. The fact that George Lucas wanted to, you know, market everything, merchandise everything. And of course, that was uh, that was actually a stipulation of him making this parody. Uh, George Lucas said that he couldn't uh, merchandise anything from this movie because uh, he's a greedy bastard. Uh, of course, <laughs> um, I mean, he kind of he kind of invented the whole playing field of, of monetizing your movies in that way, uh, selling toys and, and, you know, everything under the sun. And of course, that was lampooned in in this movie. Uh, of course, you have Spaceballs the T-shirt. Was it Spaceballs the towel and all kinds of stuff? Spaceballs the flamethrower. I still want one of those, by the way. Now you know what to get me for my birthday. I want a Spaceballs flamethrower, and I want it now. Uh, another another one of my favorite ones from him, Young Frankenstein. That's that's just a classic. Oh yeah, very good classic. You know, it's very good. I heard that they took the sets from the original Frankenstein and put them in the Young Frankenstein. So. That's very, very good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's the extra touch that really, uh, really makes that movie great. Like, you know, aside from, you know, the great actors in it, uh, I mean, it's just like the little details like that. They even, you know, reused a lot of the original props and they even used uh, period cameras from that time uh, to give it that look. It just those you know, those little details that made it really great. But of course, uh, what made it especially great was the actors, the great performances. Uh, Of course, you have... Uh, the wonderful Gene Wilder as Dr. Frederick Frankenstein. Of course, you know, he liked to be called Frankenstein uh, to distinguish himself from his grandfather, Victor uh, Frankenstein, which who he thought was a nut. Then, of course, you have Marty Feldman as Igor. And then you have Cloris Leachman playing Frau Blukach. And uh, Terry Garr is also in the movie, right? Yep. And she starts as... Ilga, the assistant of Dr. Frederick Frankenstein. 
so many memorable moments. My, I would say, I don't know what your fa- your favorite moment is, but mine is definitely the scene, the putting on the Ritz. Oh, yes. That is so funny. I, I Actually, that was in an interview with uh, Conan. Um, Gene Marlowe was on there, and he told uh, Conan that um, it was... Uh, it was Gene Marlowe's idea, not Mel Brooks' idea. Oh, and, Mel, really? and Mel Brooks thought he was crazy and silly, and of course, eventually they came to agreement. You know, they're going to put the stuff in there, so they, they put it in there. So, you know, rest in peace, Gene Wilder. We miss you, buddy. Uh, do you want to do a little impression for us? <laughs> I think that's pretty spot on. Now, moving on, uh, of course, Leslie Nielsen was in a lot, a lot of spoof movies, uh, even, you know, way up till, you know, he passed away. Um, of course, most famously, I think what started it all right was uh, Airplane. Oh, yeah. Super, super, super funny. You know, Barbara, Barbara Billingsley makes a very small cameo and she does that, you know, yeah. the, the, the jive talk. I thought it was so funny. You no, know, those two guys on the plane just, you know, make me laugh, you know, just... Just laugh out loud, you know, crazy shenanigans stuff. Oh yeah, very funny. Made by the uh, the Zuckers, right? The Zucker brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Made by them. I mean, that kicked off a whole renaissance of of uh, parody movies. Um, but that interesting. That was an interesting movie because it was a, it was like a direct parody of a movie called Zero Hour. Uh, I don't know if you knew about that. I don't know anything about the movie. I didn't know if they even made a movie like that. So yeah, so it was like a. I think it was like a TV movie, but it was like a a plane airplane disaster movie uh, where uh, the pilots are unable to fly the plane, and so the, they have to try and land this plane safely. It's pretty much a shot for shot remake. Uh, airplane is a shot for shot remake of Zero Hour, and it's been talked about on a lot of other uh, forums and and shows and whatnot. But I thought I'd, I'd bring it up for anyone who might not know. And then, uh, yeah, this is like, it's one of those movies where it's like endless, endless gags, you know, starting with like the, remember there's like that guy in the taxi uh, that parks on the curb and he's like waiting for him the whole movie, even till after the movie's over and racking up like the, the bill. Yep. Um, just, 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 just funny stuff. One of my favorite uh, gags is the autopilot. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the autopilot Auto. is very funny, you know, uh, it was so funny, you know, yeah, I, wish, I wish I had one of those stuff, but I, I don't know. I mean, like, you I know, know I want to, I want a replica of the inflatable autopilot. Just it's it's like it started the trend of those those movies. There's just like endless endless gags. There's so much you can watch it again and again. You'll find new stuff in there. Uh, another one from the Zucker Brothers, um, Top Secret. Not not you don't hear about it. Really talked about too much. You've you've seen Top Secret? Oh oh yeah, it's very funny. You know I I, I love the cast. Val Kilmer. Um, oh yeah he, yeah he's great in that movie. Um, it, it's a it's like a parody of. Um, like World War II movies. Also, it's like a parody of like Elvis movies. Uh, so he plays like the singer named Nick Rivers. And he gets involved with the French resistance while performing in East Germany. And so he gets caught up in all this uh, crazy like uh, spy adventure kind of stuff. And uh, it's just it's just really wild. It's a must see. Yeah, it's it's so so wacky. Again, it's one of those movies with like endless gags. There's, there's so many funny little bits in there. Uh I remember there's one scene where uh, where he's fighting somebody on top of a truck and he falls into the water. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. And uh, he ends up having an underwater fight with the guy. And then there's like a full for some reason, there's like a whole like an old timey Western bar under the water. And then they start getting into an old timey bar fight under the water. There's like a, a guy at the saloon and he breaks a bottle over some guy's head. And and then, uh, you know, someone shoots a gun and knocks down a chandelier. There's like a whole un- like a Wild West set under the water. It's so wild. It's it's crazy. Um, and of course, the uh, the Zucker brothers, they also uh, made the naked gun. Oh, oh, yeah. I heard about the naked gun. <laughs> oh, I, I heard about it. You know, it has Weird Al cameos. So if you're a fan of that naked gun stuff, watch it. It is so funny. There's a Weird Al cameo. It is very good. I give it two thumbs up. It's a must-see movie. Uh, uh, it's a must-watch movie. Definitely. Uh, the Weird Al cameo is very brief, but it's, it's pretty funny. I wish they would have had some lines in it or something. But uh, Naked Gun, of course, it's a, it started off as a TV show, right? The um, What was it called? Oh, it's called Police Squad. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was called like Files from the Police Squad, right? And it uh, stars Leslie Nielsen as Frank Drebin. The- oh, yes. He's so funny. You know, I, 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 think, of, I think of him as um, 
the narrator in the Three Stooges. Yes, I remember that. It was it was it like TMC or something? Oh, AMC. AMC. It was and classic, would... very classic. I had no idea he was gonna be in there, but he wore like this, you know, um, graduation costume, of course, and he was doing. Yeah, do you remember what? Uh, you remember he was supposed to be from a college? You remember what it was called? NY University. It was NYUCK. Oh, NYUCK. But yeah, Naked Gun, uh, he plays Frank Drebin. Uh, he's a detective with Police Squad. And, um, and the, there's three of them. There's three of these movies. But the first one, of course, is, is the most classic. Uh, so like I said, it was based off the show. They made a movie. Um, and so Frank Drebin gets involved with this plot. His His partner is uh, Nordberg, played by O.J. Simpson. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but not to get too off topic, but he's a, he's a really good actor. You know, we haven't seen him in any more movies, but I guess that was his It probably has to do with the role. murder, but yeah. <laughs> he's still a good guy. Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so his partner Nordberg, he, he goes to bust this drug deal that's going down on a boat, and he gets... Uh, you know, he gets shot, falls in the water. He's on life support. And so Frank Drebin has to find out what's going on. And he ends up uncovering this, this, this crazy plot, uh, to, uh, assassinate the queen using mind control. It's just, it's just, it's wild, wild, right? It's like, again, it's, it's, it's the Zuckers. So it's, it's one of those movies that's just layered with just joke after joke. Uh, but they're, they're well thought out. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not just much of random fart jokes and stuff like that, which there are some in there, but it's also layered with other uh, nuanced jokes. Um, what, what are some of your favorite jokes in the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one where uh, Leslie Nielsen disguised himself as one of the bad guys and he burns people with the, he burns the bad guy's hand with the tea and he just fist fights and turns out the guy's wearing a mohawk and it's funny and it's just the slapstick comedy is so funny. Oh, funny, yeah. You're talking, about, you're talking about the beginning of the movie? Yep, it's funny. You know, he's fighting all like the the, the uh, infamous uh, world leaders, like uh, was like Gaddafi and uh, Gorbachev and all that. Yep, you know it's it's very slapstick comedy, but you know, not to get too off topic, they did a spoof of it in Family Guy. Oh yeah, it was it was really funny. You know, yeah, Seth MacFarlane has a very good comedy. You know history he, he he's very good yeah yeah Fam- family guys uh they, they do a lot of uh referencing a lot of a, a lot of pop culture and movies and stuff like that but yeah that uh that one scene in the beginning was funny where he's fighting i like i like the part where he uh grabs gorbachev and he puts him in a headlock and he like he like rubs his head and then and then his birthmark comes off and he's like i knew it it's there's a little funny moments like that that's, that's hilarious and i love the intros in all the movies um where the the police car is driving around you see like the top of the police car with the red light the spinning light and it's like driving in all these weird places first you know first it's like driving on the street and all of a sudden you see it like on a roller coaster and it ends up in a locker room chasing people around and it's just it's just funny uh, like I said, definitely it's worth a watch just for, you know, having Leslie Nielsen in it. Uh, and he, I remember Leslie Nielsen even popped up in some of the scary movies, right? Oh, yes, he was. He popped up in the uh, scary movie movies. Yes, yeah. he, he was in Scary Movie 3. He was very, very funny as a president, you know, very slapstick comedy. George Carlin apparently appeared in one of them, and he was the director of The Matrix or the um, architect of The Matrix. There he yeah, was. There he was. I remember that. Yeah, uh, that brings us to a whole new era of uh, parody movies. Because after a while, the parody movie kind of died out, and I think scary movie kind of uh, it was like a new renaissance for parody movies. Uh, it was the Wayans brothers, right? They they were the ones who started the scary movies. Yep. Yeah. It, it was them, the Wayans brothers. Yeah, the, I remember the the first few of them, uh, particularly being hilarious. Uh, you know, scary movie one and two, and uh, that continued that trend of of kind of they took a genre and they they incorporated uh, references to a bunch of different other movies in that same genre. So yeah, of course, the main one being Scream. Uh, in the first movie, uh, they referenced a lot of of Scream. I think the second one had to do with like a House on Haunted Hill. Uh, was their main reference, but they, they, you know, of course they incorporate references of other movies in there. 
like The Exorcist and, uh, you know, other famous uh, scary movies. Hence the name, Scary Movie. Bruce Willis. Um, I want to I discuss some of our favorite movies of his. I mean, he has such an extensive uh, uh, catalog of movies. Um, but I think one of the first uh, ones I want to talk about, and of course, I think the one that he's most famous for, Arguably, I mean, there's he's in a lot, a lot of great movies. Die Hard. What do you think about Die Hard? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's excellent. You know, I like the way that Alan Rickman's in the movie. I like the way that you know Bruce Willis is in there because you know he's like you know dodging the bullets. He's like you know he's a hero of the movie. He's fighting the bad guys. He's like you know doing all this crazy stuff. But you know, I mean, like he has he had an excellent career. But I don't know why he's but he's retiring because of the of uh, aphasia and whatnot, but I hope he's one better. We all wish him a speedy recovery. Oh, definitely. Um, the Die Hard, definitely a freaking classic. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those roles that, you know, it's going to live on in everyone's memories forever. Um, what, what, what was your favorite movie? Uh, what, what, I'm sorry. What was your favorite part about that movie? The first Die Hard? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, the one where the villains are entering the Nakatomi Plaza building, and, of course, uh, Bruce Willis is going to save the day. And uh, Reginald Van Johnson, who plays the cop, he's in there, of course, and he's, like, doing this, you know, shtick and whatnot. He's, like, you know, uh-huh. doing his stuff, and, you know. That, that Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie there. Just the interaction between the two, of course, you know, Carl Winslow from uh, Family Matters. Oh, yeah, I remember that, you know. It's been a long time ago, but nowadays, I guess the characters have aged pretty well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I haven't seen him in a whole lot lately, uh, but he, I, I think I saw him a few years ago in an episode of It's Always Sunny. He played a judge or something. Oh, yes, he did. He, he played a judge. And of course, you know, yeah. being the funny guy he is, he was going to be on the original Ghostbusters, but I guess they they cast him out and they and, and they uh, gave him the small role where he's like, you know, like, you know. Oh yeah, hey, Ghostbusters. The de- the mayor wants to see you. Oh yeah, yeah. He played a cop. I I, I would like to think in my mind, and not, not to get too off topic here. I know we're talking about Bruce Willis movies, but uh, I'd like to think that uh, in uh, that uh, Carl Winslow exists in the Ghostbusters universe, and I feel like that. I, I like to think that's him, and also in the Die Hard. I like to think they're a part of an interconnected universe in my mind. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. But you know, not to get too off topic, but. The soda company who's inventing the IHOP, maple syrup, Pepsi. I mean, holy schnikes. What, what's going on? I mean, like, you what? know, do we always, I mean, is, this is it's dangerous. It's, it, 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 it is what it is, but you know, but oh my God. <laughs> what do you, now that's really off topic. Now, now we're really, really getting off topic here. That's dangerously off topic. Um, yeah, I heard, I did hear about that. That is weird. Well, it's not going to be any swords because, you know, people are going <laughs> to probably drink him. It's like, you know, what the shnikes is going on? I don't know. I'm not a big fan of like gimmicky. I, I know we're getting really off topic here, but I'm not a fan of like gimmicky flavors. I mean, you know, I mean, like, you know, it is what it is, but although, you know. Although, you know what I did dig? I, I, I did, uh, I did dig like those, uh, when they had like those Lay's chips that were like different flavors, like those gourmet flavors. Oh yeah. I the, the, um. Chicken and Waffles one, man. That was good. Um, Die Hard, though. That Die Hard movie. Um, definitely iconic. Uh, my, my, my favorite scenes is when he has the gun uh, behind his back, right? He has the duct tape to his back, and he's, uh, he, he's trying to pretend like he, um, you know, because they, where they take him hostage or, or, or not. Um, and then he, oh, you know, iconic. The most iconic uh, one of the lines in movie history. Uh, yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Oh yeah, so iconic, you know. I think you know Bruce Willis is a badass actor. I think what's good, what's cool about that role too is like he's not he wasn't like a typical like action hero. He was a kind of like an everyday kind of dude um, that just kind of put in this situation and he had to be badass about it. Uh, of course, yeah, you know I love that the scene where he's like crawling through uh, the vents and whatnot. And now I feel like every movie does that, but um, you know taking on uh, Hans Gruber. Uh, the you know the iconic uh, Alan Rickman, the late Alan Rickman, yes. who passed away. I mean, it's just so sad, but you know, I mean, you know, his legend will live on. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but one of my one of my favorite roles uh, that he was in also is uh, Pulp Fiction. I, lo- I love that. I love that that role in Pulp Fiction. We played the Butch. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was that reaction? Yeah, he, he was a boxer. 
Right. Yeah, Boxer, and of course, uh, Vin Rames is in the movie, and not to get too off topic, but there's a little bit of stuff in there. I just, you know, I mean, I don't know if I should tell it to you on the podcast, but I mean, it is some, you know, colorful metaphors in there, but, you know, stuff in there that, you know, you know, Vin Rames is run over by some car, and, you know, of course, Bruce Willis is in the car, and uh, Kathy, Kathy Griffin's in there. Yeah, yeah, I, I do love that scene, though, when he uh, when he rolls up on Marcellus Wallace, and he sees him, and it, uh, and then he uh, freaking guns it, and then he <laughs> sends him flying over his car, and then, uh, especially I love it, because they parodied it on The Simpsons, remember? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Chief Wiggum, like Chief Wiggum, you know, it it, it, just, it just had this quality where he's like, you know, I know what I'm gonna get some donuts. Hey, yeah, remember he's help like, me, boys. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way. You remember he was walking in the street. He's like, donuts. I've got donuts. Hey, hey. I know you. <laughs> he just drives over. Yeah, but that scene in, in Pulp Fiction was great, and then uh, of course it leads up to the. Uh, the scene where they get captured by that weird uh, store. Was it like a pond? Oh, yeah, the, the 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 guy who owns a pond store. It's uh, Harry. No, it's uh, someone. It's the guy who does that. It's Harry Shearer. It's a uh, no, uh, not Harry Shearer, but it's, it's not it's, Harry uh, it's uh, um, it's somebody. It's an actor. Sorry, uh, Mr. Herman. Oh, you mean in The Simpsons? Oh yeah, that's him. Yeah, I thought you were talking about it in the movie in Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about now. But in the in the movie, yeah, he was just some some pawn pawn store owner, and then of course he's like a weird perverted dude who has like a gimp in the basement, and he keeps uh, he keeps uh, he he takes Marcellus down there, and uh, <laughs> he does unspeakable things to him, and then he brings on that what's that actor's name? I can't remember. But he played Dorian in the Mask. Peter Green. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's he was like he's like a great uh he's like a great nineties um, movie villain. I don't know what happened to him. Does he is he in anything anymore? I'm not sure, you know. I, I think he retired. I'm not sure. But you know, it is what it is, you know. He probably, you know, got tired of acting and he's he's doing some other stuff. I have no idea what he's doing. Uh uh-huh, but yeah, he was definitely great. But that, that scene was just so weird. But uh Bruce Willis was badass in that. Yeah, he uh, got himself a Hattori Hanzo sword in the pawn sword. I know. Yeah, that's what people say. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but that'd be that's that's kind of neat to think that you know, it could be. Um, but I like how he's going through, and he's like, no, you know, he's looking at like the. Then he look like at a chainsaw, and he's looking at a baseball bat or different weapons, and then he he chooses the sword, and then that's badass. And then of course uh, <laughs> he goes he goes and frees um, you know Marcellus from the basement after they're doing things to him, and I love that scene where Bing Rames. And he, I think he asked him if he's okay or something like that. He's like, what does he say? I'm going to have to give him an evil on your ass. Oh, yeah, he does say that. But I was thinking about, I love that part where he's like, I'm pretty fucking far from okay or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. He has that very wide voice, you know, very <laughs> deep, very, you know, iconic voice. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, he's he ends up... Uh, Oh, you know, I like that scene, that part where the, the with the gimp, he's on the chain, right? And then he ends up getting like, um, who, who, who was it Bruce Willis or something? Who, or, or was it Bing Rames? Like they attack him and he like, and he, he like hangs himself on his like gimp chain. Uh, that was Bruce Willis who just punched the <laughs> hey, 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 hey. living schnikes out of him. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that scene, I don't know who came up with that. Well, I mean, obviously it was Tarantino, but that, I don't know where he pulled that out of his mind. But that was that was an insane scene. Um, but definitely a great role for Bruce Willis. I mean, I love the, the whole character of Butch. Uh, and then of course the iconic line after they kill Zed, Zed, right? That was the name of the guy. Um, one of the guys. Yeah. That, that yeah, they, uh, the they killed Zed and you know, it, it just, and I had no idea what happened, but it was like, yeah. you know, and Bruce Willis got the motorcycle. And yeah. He's still Zed's and yeah, he still Zed's chopper and he takes it back to, uh, to, and he meets his girlfriend back at the, at the place at the hotel. Right. Yep. And then, uh, so and then remember, she's like, oh, you know, where'd you get the motorcycle from? It's not a motorcycle, babe. It's a chopper. Where'd you get the chopper from? I got it from Zed. Who's Zed? Zed's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. It just, Zed's you know, dead, baby. Zed's dead. All right. I think this uh, concludes this episode of The Men Who Watch Movies. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. And uh, we look forward to uh, having you uh, join us again next week. Uh, you can listen to us every Friday. Uh, we have it here on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, and uh, we also uh, 
have a Twitter account if you want to check us out at men watch movies. So why don't you go uh, check us out on there? And uh, we want to thank you again for listening. My name is Alec. And my name is DG. And, and keep, keep on, on watching. watching. I'll buy that. <laughs>